we're not high adventure. We're not soft adventure. We're not no adventure. We're everything. This is The Playbook. We got a special guest today, Dan Blanchard. He is the CEO of Uncruise Adventure. And Dan, I have to start out because I, I know you do uncruises and you do them up in Alaska. And I had been to every single state in America except for one, Alaska. And I had saved it for my 50th birthday. I just said to my wife that my 50th state on my 50th birthday is going to be Alaska. And my business partner, Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon, surprised me. He was paid to be on a Seattle Seahawks cruise. Uh, and he took my wife and I cruising in Alaska. And I will tell you, I've been all over the world, let alone all 50 states. I have, even including Africa, I've never felt so close uh, to nature. I've never felt as if I could go back in time before we had all of the technology and all of the good intended technology and industrial revolution, good intended, I always add in there because people think, you know, somehow that Thomas Edison in his mind would know what, what effect electricity would have, for example, but he had great intentions. You have created even a more extraordinary experience through the idea of uncruise. And so I thought we'd start with, I'm sure most people on earth are familiar with what a cruise is. What's an uncruise? Well, you know, uh, David, you and I are of an age where we would remember the Uncola, right? And yeah. uh, you remember the Cola Wars when we were kids? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, our whole thing was we, we originally developed the company and it was a, a luxury product with very small, you know, yachts and ships. And, uh, uh, but as time went along, we really moved more into the client change. We moved more into the adventure side. So the, the whole idea between about Uncruise, which you know, to many is kind of a, a strange name, is that we're really the antithesis of the big ships. And, uh, you know, we started planning that that term into our marketing for a few years prior to making the branding change. Uh, but an uncruise is really, it, it's like taking your favorite backcountry lodge, you know, your that, that might be at a mountain ski resort or something, and put that on the hull of a boat. And instead of the same mountain every day, you're going around to a new cove, going to Glacier Bay one day, going to Leconte uh, Wilderness the next, and maybe going to the to Admiralty Island the following day, which has the largest population of brown bears on the planet. So it's it's all about really, it's you stay in that great lodge at night and enjoy beverages in the afternoon, but during the day, it's kind of our generational and, and, and even younger, we're finding, that just love to get out and really touch the land and, and see the wildlife. And very similar to like a Galapagos or Antarctica type experience. Yeah, and those experiences, no matter how old you are, young you are, because I've gone uh, on safari in Africa. Uh, I have a huge charity called the Unstoppable Foundation. Um, and we build villages and have five sustainable practices, but we have walked with zebra. We've walked with hyena. We've walked uh, in the Masamari. And it's a different understanding of nature when you're walking with nature instead of looking at nature from the side of a, a cruise ship or, you know, from 
a Jeep or whatever, when, you know, you have this integration where you feel the energy of the wildlife, not just animals, but the entire ecosystem that exists that has been untethered and, and untouched comparatively to what we live in every day. Yeah, it, it really is special wherever we go, whether it be Alaska or any of our other destinations, uh, Mexico, Sea of Cortez, or even Hawaii. Um, it, it does give the chance because we're not doing a port call to port call kind of thing. We can sit there and we can linger with, you know, 20 or 30 humpbacks for half a day, or we can, we can take, you know, a lot of hikes or kayak, kayak around where we're seeing bears on the beach and this kind of thing. So it's that kind of flexibility. It's really funny, you know, they, when I was a kid running as a captain and I say kid in my twenties, it's when I came to Alaska, um, you know, that the World War II generation was very interested in seeing. They were happy to sit out on the deck with a cognac in their hand and maybe a cigar. And that was a great experience for them. And, and then came the boomers and the boomers were more like, yeah, no, we got to we, we gotta touch that glacier. We need to kind of hop on top of it. And I, and I think, you know, for you and I kind of being a, a little more open minded to what our world has to offer us. Now that the younger generation that we're starting to get in their 30s, they are, you know, they're even amped up more about touching, feeling, but now they're concerned about what's happening with their world, which we didn't really see in your and my generation when we were younger. So it's, it's kind of a cool progression and, and Uncruise fits that all so well. And one of the other things about the Uncruise is the lessons and the stories. You were talking about these sustainable practices and raising our awareness, elevating our frequency, I like to talk about, and beyond the experiences of you know hiking and biking and ice caves and kissing slugs and climbing mountains and bears and goats, et cetera. Uh, there is the lessons. And, and I find that as we all progress, not just the younger generation, that we are exposed to so much data that we want to be active learners. And, you know, one of the things that you uh, possess uh, that we don't get on a, a big cruise ship or a tour is the storytelling that is aligned with the environment, the ecosystem, and the lessons that can inspire uh, and empower us uh, to create change and innovation for that change. How important are the stories that you know, because you have such impromptu activities and exposure to you know natural courses of events, how important is the storytelling in the lessons today? Uh, it's huge um, because I think as technology has changed and we have technology in our face all the time as just a just human beings, that the time in nature becomes more important than ever. Um, I like to say that you know we're, we're really about you know local wildlife and outdoors, local culture and local food. And, and if you couple those together to make that story, those experiences you have in the wild, whether it be, you know, waking up on sleeping in a lounge chair and waking up to the sound of, of whales piping off at 3 a.m. in the morning or northern lights that just recently hit us so hard here in the Juneau area where it lit up the sky for six nights straight. Those are things that, those are life experiences that we take home. And I, I think that those experiences coupled with a, a, a small group of, of people that, that really bond, we find that our, a lot of our guests will actually you know, have these life experiences or stories, as you're saying, 
And then they come back with people that they met on the boat because it, there becomes this like-mindedness for kind of taking the next step in experiential travel and, and just feeling good about you know, where, where we as a people can go if we do things right. And one of the things that has changed over the last few years is the concern for safety, health concerns for safety. And a lot of people are looking for the safest experiences and the safest destinations. And doing my research on the uncruise, one of the things that definitely stood out from multiple uh, accolades is the safe uh, environment uh, with COVID in its varying degrees and varying variances uh, changing and probably here to stay with us in some context. It's nice to know that we still can have these unique travel experiences uh, that are extremely, according to the, the, the articles I've read, extremely safe. What are some of the aspects that make it so safe uh, with our health concerns today? Well, you know, David, that's a really good question. And uh, of course, even in the news today, there's all sorts of change taking place about masks and all this kind of stuff. But the, uh, you know, for us early on, we realized that the only way we could effectively operate in a successful manner was with a vaccine. So we, we instituted a, a full vaccination program amongst our crew and all our guests, no exceptions. And uh, that allowed us to, to have the first cruise in the world on May 1st of last year, uh, fully vaccinated. And we ended up uh, over the course of last year, we had six of our seven boats uh, in Alaska and elsewhere operating. And, and our record, because we watched all this very closely, because we stuck with the vaccination and when the Delta came, we went back to having masks. Um, what we ended up with is two-tenths of 1% of all people on board did get COVID, but that is far lower than the public at large, and it's the lowest in the industry. So, you know, that this is a, a, out of, you know, nearly 7,000 people, that's just a very small portion. And fortunately, because they were vaccinated, nobody really got sick. And uh, so that's that's the real joy in all this. So we're we're still taking a fairly conservative move here, although we we recently opened it up for uh, not having masks on board as long as people were boosted as well as vaccinated. And as you know, this playbook is about inspiring people, putting them in spirit, uh, creating some sort of experiential knowledge that we can transcode or transform other people with. And, you know, we talk about being at a frequency or authentic to ourselves. I tell people to find their essence. And within that essence comes two components. One is a strength of knowing what we're connected to and through, and also a peace. You know, I talk about peace, having this amazing aspect of being able to be in the flow and to absorb a confidence and inspiration that we've never seen before. One of the experiences of the uncruise is to realign ourselves, re-engineer our lives, to really understand the strength that we're blessed with, but also the peace uh, that we can live at and the clarity and balance and focus that that can bring. What are some of uh, the experiences that your guests have had that you hear when they're done with the cruise as far as how they're feeling inspired? You know, it's it's across the board. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I try to meet every boat when they come back from their cruise here in Juneau 
can't do that in all our destinations, but because Juno is my home, it, it works pretty easy. So what I hear from the guests when I go down and have breakfast with them on their departure day is, you know, I, I hear, first of all, connection. Uh, that is the one thing. That, and, it, and it's because it's not just the human connection, which is the big part of this, being in a small group, having these experiences in the wildlife, but it's a connection to a, a greater piece of our world. We, for instance, when we go on our on our hikes or bushwhacks, there aren't many trails in Alaska, so a lot of times it's bushwhacking. Um, we really make an effort on every hike to basically say, hey folks, you know, we're halfway through our hike, let's take a break, you're all breathing hard. Instead of just, uh, you know, sitting here having our, our granola bar or whatever, Let's let's separate. Let's let's just push away from the group, get a hundred feet away from each other, and just enjoy ten or fifteen minutes of silence. And I have had so many people come back, and you know, you talk about peace, and I think the great thing about talking about peace is it exudes peace in people. And I even felt it when you were sharing that. I felt, oh, I'm starting to be overcome with some, and my anxiety on this interview is starting to drop because David's talking about peace and. The, and peace speaks to our soul. So when it, when people are out in the wilds and maybe they have this experience of just being quiet and they hear the delicacy of, of leaves falling, or or perhaps they're out in a kayak by themselves and, and a humpback blows, they, they don't see the humpback at first, they just hear the blow. And and that is part of the magic of this. I had a, a guest share with me recently that when he was on a, on a trip to Seattle on one of our boats from Alaska, they pulled up in a kayak near a, a river in the fall when the salmon were running. And the river was just barely flowing, but he could hear the bear eat, breaking the bones of the salmon as it was chewing down the salmon. Now, that is, you know, that's obviously a, a, a chain of how life works, but that's also to ex have that experience in that kind of uh, situation where you can not only feel the temperature of the water through the hull, but the wind on your face and hear this bear chomping on salmon with no one around. And uh, those are kind of the rich experiences that I think in, in today's world we need more of in order to kind of maintain that, that balance in my mind. Yeah, and you know what I found too from traveling the world and meeting people like yourself, it's just a reminder of the limitations as well that we put on ourselves. And whether it's, you know, swimming with sharks and stingrays, or whether it's, you know, walking on the Masamari with the, you know, the unbelievable size, scope and scale of, of animals, you, you know, you get a comfort level, like you're walking past a dog uh, on the street and there you're thinking that's a hyena. And, but you feel this circle of life and, uh, how adventurous, you know, because I really encourage people to swim with sharks and I encourage them to go to Africa and go on safari. And, you know, I'm always amazed at the comfort <laughs> that, you know, the idea of glamping, uh, but, you know, so secure in, in it's such an experience, you know, how adventurous do you have to be to take the uncruise, you know, what age, you know, are there limitations that, that people put on themselves or, you know, is it as easy as it seems? You know, I, it really is as easy as it seems, um, and and the reason being is we're not uh, we're not high adventure, we're not soft adventure, we're not no adventure, we're everything. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it, this is this was the case that we see a lot of times, David. I 
you know, since early 2000, there's been a lot of what we call multi-generational travel where you might bring your kids and they might bring their children. And so we see a lot of that. And, and, and almost every trip has uh, multi-generational families on board. So we have to be able to design the trip for, you know, the spouse that might be the super adventurous type. And, and but maybe the person that, that booked the trip is actually not so much. They just want to hop in the skiff or, or even just sit in the hot tub and read a book all day. So the, the thing is, is we really work hard to where we can, you know, if you've got 20 some year olds that are in college and they want to tackle mountains, we're going to take care of that. And but grandma and grandpa that might be on board, they're going to be able to chill, go for a stroll on the beach, maybe, maybe, you know, see the whales right from the skiff or from the bow of the boat or do so just chill as much as they like. Um, so it really does cover to be successful. We have to be able to cover that scope. Well, you know, it was my bucket list, my 50th state. Incredible beauty is obvious when you're traveling in the places that the uncruise goes. Uh, you have a podcast that talks about this idea of no ordinary adventure. And I think, you know, as a final question, I would be amiss not to ask you uh, for one of the non-ordinary or extraordinary, I should say, adventures. Uh, could you share with us one of your favorite stories of an extraordinary or no ordinary adventure that you've experienced on the uncruise? Well, yeah, I will. I, uh, I'll, I'll share a time when uh, we, you know, years ago when we started the adventure program, we actually had overnights ashore as well. And uh, we've kind of altered that a little bit to where the overnights are a separate piece, but used to be included in the trip if you wanted it. And my daughter and I had actually finished the day of kayaking and we, we put up our tent in the designated area, and, which, you know, you have to have permits for and all this kind of thing. But this is all just wild country. And we had actually, uh, we'd been traveling in bear country. So, you know, you carry your bear spray. And, and I had been that this was my, you know, then 20 some year old daughter. I, you know, we, we had a routine, you know, you, it, at night we have the, the headlamp right by our pillow, we have the bear spray. And if we hear something, and I knew we were in brown bear country, so I'd put a bunch of sticks outside the tent. So if a brown bear got close, I'd hear the snapping of the sticks. And I, uh, all of a sudden, it's, this is a abbreviated story here, but all of a sudden it's probably 2 a.m. and I hear this, and I'm, I'm Danae, Danae, we got a bear, we got a bear. And we, the first thing we do is turn on our headlamps, which makes the tent a big orb. and. And, and then we get our bear spray ready and we're ready to drop it. I, okay, I'm dropping the zipper and we're ready with the bear spray. And my, I look over at my daughter and she is laughing so hard she is crying. Because what I had heard waking me up in the middle of the night was not a brown bear, but there are about three of what we call trumpeter humpbacks that are out of the 2000 that are here in Southeast Alaska. And when I say trumpeter, they have a deviated septum right at their blowhole. And what it does, instead of going, it goes, and, and I had woke up thinking that we had a bear attacking us. And it was about 20 feet over the cliff in deep water that this humpback was just breathing. And uh, so that is a, that's probably my biggest memory, which of course has my daughter involved in it, which, you know, how can that be wrong? That is awesome. Considering I have a deviated septum, I think my wife thinks she's sleeping with a humpback. So uh, <laughs> in a different context. <laughs> Someday I'll get it fixed, dear. But anyway, 
Dan Blanchard, CEO of Uncruise Adventures. I can't wait to go on one of these. You have me sold completely. Uh, and if I'm going to go back to Alaska, I know how I'm going to do it now. I'm going to call Dan Blanchard. Make sure you check out his podcast, No Ordinary Adventure. We understand the beauty and the bucket list. They're achievable in a variety of different ways. Uh, thank you so much providing such a safe and fun way to experience your bucket list. 